You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we discuss the 1996 seminal classic from Jan de Bunt, Twister. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, director of photography Mike Griggs. I was going to say something that was going to blow you away, but then I just realized that the movie itself already did that for us. So, hey, what's up, Brian? How you doing? <laughs> the wind doesn't blow; it sucks. <laughs> We're in the suck zone now. <laughs> oh no! We also have with us costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, here we are talking about the 1996 summer blockbuster, Twister. Why are we talking about Twister? How did this happen? <laughs> we're, just, we're just throwing a summer movie in at the end of the August. Is that what's happening? Yeah, why not? Why not? Well, we were originally going to do like another famous doubleheader where, like with Barbie and Oppenheimer, but then it somehow it got twi- twisted into, hey, Mike, what movie do you want to do? And Mike said Twister, and so here we are. How in 360-something episodes have we never done Twister? Yes, yes. And Jared was like, yes, this is brilliant, and that motherfucker (laughs) can't even show up. Well, that's not true. He's doing fun things, and I totally skipped out on those fun things to do this. Well, we're happy to have you. Yeah, yeah. Get lost in the the suck, in the Twister. (laughs) (sighs) You know... I'm going to go ahead and say, I, I, I remember these special effects being amazing at the time. Same. Really do. And I do think they're impressive for 1996. Kind of. When, <laughs> when you realize that, like, Independence Day was released a couple of months later, that does break your brain a little bit, you know. A little bit, yeah. But yeah. watching it now, oh, man, these effects just don't hold up. I don't uh, think it's that them, bad. Some of them are rough. Some of them are not that bad. I was... Uh, sort of in a similar but different vein, I was really fascinated by the technology at the time. And I mm. found myself, especially because they were like, yeah, we we only have like a three-minute warning system for tor- tornadoes. I was like, really? Wait, we don't have, <laughs> there's no sirens? Like, wait, hold on a second. Wait, what is going on here? And how, what, what do these people know? It's because it wasn't that long ago. Um, 
Yeah, I, I found myself really questioning like how much they knew and when they knew it, which is not, I guess, related to the movie. But you're worried about their tornado science. Yeah, I was worried about their tornado science. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, the tornado science of the movie or of the time period? Both. (laughs) Because I remember when I was a kid watching this and they like put Dorothy up in the air. I remember being like, wait, have we solved this or is this still a problem? Like where? (laughs) Is this a making of documentary? Is this a dramatization of how we figured out? Is this futuristic sci-fi? Like, like, should I be worried about tornadoes or, or is this like, like do this based on actual events? Like what's going on here? The time frame was uh, shortened from 10 years to one day. But aside from that, it's basically real. (laughs) Uh, You know, don't, don't even ask me any of this stuff. I'm not 100% sure the difference between a, a tornado watch and a tornado warning. A uh, tornado no. watch is the elements. The, it, it's possible tornado warning is one that's been sighted in your area. Yes. yes. Oh, all right. Okay. I would have thought it would have been the other way around. Like, you know, like we're watching out because we know there's a tornado. I don't know. Maybe. Mm, no, you're it. watching because there might be a tornado. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. That makes and sense. And a warning is like, oh, no, there it is. See? It's a warning. Exactly. Get your ass to the basement. Or You're not going to. You're table. just going to sit and watch it, which is – I love that everyone did that in this movie too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except for the dad that, I don't know, continuously held the fucking door even when it was being sucked off. Just like let the door go. Right. Well, that was the other thing that I was – I was <laughs> when I was a kid, I would like totally accepted all of this as fact. And like I was just like, yeah, that's what people do. And now I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like if they live in Tornado Alley, this is just not appropriate. Like none of this is how you would be behaving. And also, wouldn't you fix the storm door? And why is your storm door like so far away from your house? And why are you just now running to get – like there's a tornado right there and you're running in the middle of the tornado? Like what are you doing? And that's when I came to uh, the question of, well – do, do they only have a couple of minutes warning? Like, surely not, because you can see the sky change when there's a tornado. Like, it's not like it just happens randomly. Oh, but that was at night, though. You can't see the sky change. Yeah, you should well, that- be asleep. So go to back to bed. Like, what are you she doing? She was asleep. Joe, as the little six-year-old or whatever, she was asleep. Yeah, but the adults were awake. So, like, you should yeah. have taken that child. My mom had no problem picking us up and putting us in a safe space when we were still sleeping when there was a tornado. <laughs> yeah, I had I had many experiences as a child like going to sleep in the basement because there was a tornado watch and then a tornado warning. Yeah, like, we oh. slept yeah. we we slept under the stairs and my mother did not care. She's like this is going to be fun. You guys are staying here. So this is exciting. <laughs> Inside That's, uh, yeah. That's kind of how my mom sort of tried to treat it. But she also apparently had lived through one or two, and she's like, no, you can definitely tell, and it sounds like a train, and the sky turns this color, and the clouds look like that, and she's always like, ah, it's not quite there. We never had a tornado. I was like, oh, okay, she must be right. That's cool. It's true, but I will say, I have also like lived through a tornado, and that kind of fucked me up for like a whole year, and any time the sky, sky turned a little bit black, I was like, oh my god, I have to go inside. <laughs> Drama. Wait, you, you, you lived through a tornado? I don't. Yeah, I, do you remember? Like, like a couple years ago, there was a tornado, and the, the tr- like how my next door neighbor's house was destroyed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, my yard, and a lot of like I had a lot of damage, have, like, but my two house trees was or something. Yeah, my house was somehow perfectly fine, but the neighbor's house was taken out, and I had a, a ton 
ton of debris in my yard. Like my car was like trapped under a tree. Like a whole bunch of stuff happened. Yeah. Recent memory. Mm. Mm. And yeah. you thought of Twister the entire time. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny too because like the like when everything's going off, you like, and I still to this day do it. Like the sirens are going off, you're like, oh, let me go see what's going on. <laughs> But when there's like an actual tornado, uh, again, as having been through an actual tornado, you're like, nope, let me go right back inside. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just go outside and you're like, oh, it's kind of a cool storm. It's a little dangerous, but it's kind of cool, uh, which is uh, what I'm assuming your mom was referring to with like the weather's not quite right. Yep. Because do you remember what was it earlier this year when we had like that wall to wall tornado, like every five minutes, another tornado came through? The conditions are right for a day like this and Twister. Yeah, that's what I was thinking was when I was watching Twister. I was like, oh, I we had that too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've even... Uh, I don't know if I've ever even really seen a, a tornado in my life with my own eyes. I've only I seen them. I, yeah. I, I think not. I've seen it. I've just seen what it can do. <laughs> I don't have to see it. I lived through it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually see anything. It was nighttime, okay? <laughs> it's dark. <laughs> There was no electricity, and there was no house. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, I've I've never even been through anything like that. Yeah, knock on wood. I'm not. Yeah, trying I don't. To test I wouldn't face. recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it as like not my favorite activity. I, I'm not bragging. As long right as you now, don't okay? go to a drive-in movie theater in the middle of Oklahoma <laughs> and watch The Shining, oh you'll God. be fine. Okay, so first of all, I thought that was a beautiful scene. The way it like, but I was like, what are they doing there? There's. Like, you're just sitting there. Clearly, you should not be sitting there in your convertible or on the top of your hood or making out or all the shit while the storm is raging around you. Go home. What's wrong? It did look really cool. I loved how the storm like took bits and pieces of the screen before it sucked everything away. Oh yeah, no. As as a yeah, that was cool. As a visual element to show him like (laughs) chopping down the door while the fucking twister is taking down pieces of the projection screen. I loved that shit. And you can actually still see the movie on the Twister. That's that. That is a nice visual. So element. cool. I like that. It was yeah. so cool. I, and drive-ins always seemed like I don't know. Like every other town you'd you'd go to, be like, oh, they don't have a drive-in. A Twister took it out. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was just an urban oh legend, God. but I feel like that happened like all the time. It's like, oh, that's why they don't have a drive-in because of a Twister. Well, it looks like. I mean. Maybe they just weren't sturdy to begin with because it took it pretty easily. Well, that was also supposed to be the Category 5 that was like a mile wide or whatever. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, no, okay. no. That, that was the 4, right? That was the 4. Because the, the 5's after. Because aren't, <laughs> aren't all the tornadoes in this movie in like <laughs> numer- they They do. Order? They build up. And it's like cement. F1, yeah. F2. What's an F5? Oh, everybody gets quiet. None of us have ever seen an F5. Except for one of us. Helen Hunt. Uh, okay, wait. Can I, I feel like we've had this conversation before where how I cannot tell Helen Hunt and Jodie Foster apart. And <laughs> so uh, this whole movie, I know, I know. One is beautiful. Okay. Anyway, so this, this whole movie. What? Yeah, I, they're the same. Listen, this whole movie, I was like, how could I even think that? This is clearly Jodie Foster. How could I not tell them apart? Oh and then God. at the end, it said Helen Hunt, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Jodie Foster is killing it in this Yeah, movie. I was. I was, like, I was like, this is so stupid. How do I think that they look the same? They're so different. No, no, no. No, I still can't tell them apart, apparently. This is obviously the same chick that was in Panic Room. Yes. <laughs> 
I honestly can't tell when you guys are making fun of me or being serious. Like, they <laughs> look exactly the same. <laughs> oh, no. Kristen, no. Oh. No. Oh, Jodie Foster has spaghetti straps. <laughs> and Helen Hot has a tank top. I noticed the tank top in this, Brian. Correct, I noticed it. Correct. I noticed it. Yeah. That's the only thing they really did with her character that was uh, kind of really worth a fuck. Right, right. Her and Bill Paxton are kind of boring in this movie, and all the supporting characters are like extremely interesting. And I want to hang out with them. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I also really noticed um, who was the girl Melissa in this, the new fiance. Okay, they really did us dirty in the '90s because as I'm going back and watching '90s movies, like all of the the bad women, the other women, the women you're not supposed to root for, are so well put together. They look fantastic. They're always wearing like suits. They always have a really great job. They have their life together, and they're always portrayed as like the bad person that you should like not root for. And so when I was watching this, I was like she seems really fucking cool actually <laughs> like i remember yeah, right? she was like a like like yeah you're not supposed to root for her because you want the two bill paxton and not jodie foster to get together and <laughs> you're like but but no like she's actually like a better choice you know like honestly she's just like so traumatic and i swear to god i never picked up on this when i was a kid but she's uh, you know obviously wildly traumatized from her father dying and when Bill Paxton's like, yo, get over it. And she's like, oh, good point. I was like, what? It <laughs> was crazy. And I don't know how I like this. They're like them as a couple. I mean, so much as a kid. Yeah. Well, that's that's the situational romances of the 90s, isn't it? Like, yeah, you're supposed to root for them because you're supposed to root for them. And if you don't root for them, then what's the movie doing? Right. Don't think about it too much. They're just in love and they have chemistry. And you can watch Bill Paxton put his hands all over her and all the scenes where he's just extra handsy for no reason. It's Yeah, welcome to the 90s. Yeah, they're just kind of bland. Yeah, they are. But even she and, like, her trauma is, like, bland. Like, she has a shower scene where she processes emotions. Does she? Yeah, which Or does shower? she just, like, take one <laughs> second to, like, breathe for, yeah, yeah, you know, a minute and then she goes right back to, like, not feeling anything. <laughs> She was like, oh, there goes a, a piece of debris in my back. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was weird. That must have been from the second tornado. <laughs> the sisters? <laughs> the sisters! We got sisters! You're like, well, you got another one over here. So, like, I mean, technically it's three. Uh, you know, I mean, what, what's going on? Are these cousins? Because they're, like, <laughs> part of the same storm system, but not the same cloud? I don't know what's going on here. I do love that if you need an exposition dump, Philip Seymour Hoffman is there to just creepily whisper to Melissa. Yeah. So now we're talking about the suck zone. She's like, what are you talking about? I thought they were funny, though. (laughs) I fucking love him in this movie so much. Yeah, him and uh, Alan Ruck with the... uh don't fold the maps. Don't fold the maps. Roll the maps. Wichita's got a giant crease running through it. Roll the maps. Yeah. Out of everyone, we focused on the least interesting characters. Yeah, the, the bland people. It's like the only thing they have in their life is tornadoes and romance. It's not romance. Well, what it's is. a whirlwind romance. Uh-huh. It's not, there's not, it's not call this romance, okay? Like I feel like there should be another word for this. It's a, it's a day of you know therapeutic healing via tornado. 
Their trauma bonding is what. Yeah, that's their trauma bonding. <laughs> the whole time I was watching it, because I forget the last movie we watched that you called trauma bonding, and we were like, it's not quite trauma bonding, but like this whole time I was watching, I was like, this is a trauma bonding. Like this is what <laughs> the definition of trauma bonding is. And like I, yeah, like Bill Paxton. Like the whole time I was watching this, I was like, Bill Paxton is clearly gonna get like psychologically attached to her. She should be smart enough to let go, but she's not. They can do it again in like six months. The only thing I really enjoyed about the whole like I guess love triangle thing that they had going on is when Jamie Gertz breaks up with Bill Paxton. I hate that scene because it's it's so stupid and it's just to give us sympathy for you know for Bill Paxton so we don't you know we don't hate don't him as a character a yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for ditching yeah. one girl and going with the other. But I will say Jamie Gertz actually kind of. She kind of owns that scene. She's pretty good in it. I, I actually like some of... I don't know really about... I'm not crazy about her dialogue, but how she delivers it is pretty good. Yeah, she's very believable, and and it definitely creates a lot of sympathy for her character. And I think you're right. It, it definitely makes Bill Paxton a little bit less of an asshole in that moment. Well, that- like. Yeah, that's the only reason it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas the rest of the movie, you're like, dude, she's right there. What are you doing? <laughs> She's in the back seat sitting in between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly there's something that's come between us in our relationship. You can tell <laughs> because of the camera perspective. And I kept thinking, I don't know, I always remember thinking like the first time I saw this, you know, thinking there was going to be more of a, a kind of a conflict between them. Because they have that scene in the diner. She's, you know, like Jamie Gertz straight up tells Helen Hunt, like, you know, I hope this isn't some half-hearted attempt to get him back. Because mm-hmm. it's not going to work. It's like, oh, yeah. Ooh. Can't fight. Let's fight over a man. Let's do it. No. And it doesn't happen. Helen Hunt is like, I'll pay for her coffee. Thanks. I don't know. Look, I'm just looking for some kind of drama outside of people getting sucked up by tornadoes. No, all the human elements in this movie are just an excuse to move to the next tornado. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I think it works. I like think it as works, yeah. as a narrative excuse to show us more tornadoes and more cool like visual effects and put them into more. I buy the story while it, while it's happening. It's it's while it's done, and it's in the slow moments where they're trying to like lean into the romance. So it's like, hang on a second, this is this is kind of weird. Oh, there's more tornadoes! <laughs> Don't look now. But I think also if they slow down, there's nothing to lean into. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. there, yeah. and so if they slow down for even one scene, everyone would realize this is a stupid idea. <laughs> So do you think that's why they keep the pace so yes. so intense? Or do you think the yes. pace is intense? Yeah. It's like a chicken and the egg kind of situation. Yeah. I don't think they can slow down uh, because the story falls apart. There's There's no romance there. And that's why even at the end, they fight until the absolute very end. And then they still don't even talk it through. They just start making out. There's nothing there. Yeah, it just seems like a studio note or something. It's like, oh, we have to have a love story, you know, baked into this. And I don't know. It, it, How else are they going to make it a date movie? Also, but I feel I, like I it worked know. in the yeah, 90s. So. It worked in the 90s, though. This follows like a very um, standard script for the 90s of these like idiot, like <laughs> enemies to girl. lovers. Girl likes tornado. Thing. Boy must also like tornado. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is This is a year before Titanic. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Titanic was, uh, yeah, Christmas of the following year, 97. And this did start like a disaster boom 
of the oh, 90s. Yeah. Didn't it? Wasn't there like a bunch of reality shows based off of this? We now have a bunch of like reality storm chasers because of this, show, oh, this movie. Oh, fuck yeah. I, like That's like yeah. uh, half of the w- Weathers Channel's programming back in like the late 90s. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when they realize, oh, we don't have to just show the weather for an entire day. We can show other things, too. Well, you guys will watch tornadoes. Fuck yeah, we'll program that 24 hours, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> day of the Twister. And I do remember there were some, like, there were a couple, like, made-for-TV movies around when this came out. I think one of them was called, like, Night of the Twister. Oh, really? Yeah. That sounds familiar. Because I think that was, like, based on some book. And I think it was like some ABC fucking family film. And there was another one, like a Fox TV movie or I don't know. There was another TV movie. But those had terrible special effects and are like fucking, oh, even when they came out, they were it was bad. When this came out, I thought it looked amazing. Yeah, I did think it looked amazing when it came out. Dude, this was one of the first movies I saw in a the theater. And it was definitely like, holy shit, look at that. Yeah, it was really Giant cool. Giant twister on screen. Yeah, especially because they have like you can cows. Hear it swirling around you. You could have cows like, you know, struggling swimming through the air as they I fly across the scene. I think it was just the, the one scene. cow. Well, it came back around. <laughs> we got cows. Not a, not a bad joke. And I also thought it like <laughs> you root for these people because they're not doing it for the money; they're doing it for science. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part about like Carrie Yule's whole subplot. Like, oh man, he's a corporate sellout. <laughs> he's selling out that goddamn tornado information to corporate people. <laughs> and in exchange, they get wind stars? <laughs> no, the corporations look, look are at their make look tornadoes. At the fleet of vans. They're so cool. They're all driving black vehicles. They must be the bad guys. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, they, they got the they got Jake Busey in, in the back of one of the Winnie Bagos <laughs> reading <laughs> monitors. That tripped me out. Oh, I think this is the first time I've ever seen him in the movie, and his name even came up in the credits. Like he had a title card. I was like, "Holy shit! Look at that one line." <laughs> I never noticed him ever ever in this film. Feels like it's break time. Is it? Wow, that fast? Yeah, I don't know. Somebody got something? Oh, okay. Yeah, we had almost 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of feels like break time. We're going to take a break. We're going to watch the trailer for Twister. We'll be right back. Even as the seasons change, nature moves within itself. Its colossal power and its delicate beauty in perfect harmony. Perfectly, cosmically sane. Though periodically... Nature will, in a kind of psychotic fit, go completely, randomly, mad. It's okay. It's okay. Here and now. It's all right. We're just going to close. We need to get down to Stormville right now. Okay. Come on. Okay. Let's go. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go, sweetie. Hurry. Here we go. If you don't have a center base, we'll build the center part of your house.
And we're back. That was the trailer for J- Jan Yandabant's Twister. Jan Yandabant. You about to say Jan? Jan Debunt. Hmm. Uh, I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Debunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's weird that there was not a note of music in that trailer. Yeah. But I will say they did a really good job uh, cutting it as if it was only lightning that was lighting every frame. Because there was more black than there was actual picture. I kind of liked the effects. I, I feel like the voiceover was a little much, but very 90s. the rest of the trailer I thought was, yeah, was, was nice, except I feel like that has nothing to do with what the film is about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like trailers like that where, you know, you just get like a little bit of the scene and if like, oh, like you didn't, we don't even know how that first scene ends. You know what I mean? We're just getting the anticipation, the suspense of the buildup. You don't know anything about what the plot's even about. I kind of like that. No, but I'm saying, like, if I saw that, I'd be like, cool, this is like a horror movie about tornadoes. And then I would get in and see Bill Paxton arguing with um, <laughs> Helen Hunt. And I'd be yeah. like, yeah, okay, this is fine, but not really what I signed up for. Well, the creators of Jurassic Park and the director of Speed. Speed is so much better. God. <laughs> uh, I I love Speed so much more. It has the same exact flaws as this movie, but I just I just like Ken Reeves and Sandra Bullock just so much more in that movie. You know? Yeah, I really like again in the 90s I thought this was like a great movie and I still really enjoyed it, but Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt are really lacking, I think, in this. They don't even really have any chemistry. It's just like one of those comfortable fights when you, you know, like when you see somebody and you kind of hate them, but you're just so used to them that you'll like put up with them long enough to have another fight, which is not healthy. But it's like we have a whole movie of this, you know, and it's like, let's make better choices, people. I don't know what that feels like. I, I do not experience really. That. No, lucky people, you. People lucky that bother me you. like that, I don't interact with. If oh if God. that is the way you are with me, we're just not going to hang out. That's so smart. You should <laughs> continue doing you're, that. You're so healthy, Mike. God. <laughs> I believe the word you're looking for is conflict avoidant, but that's fine. Oh. Thanks. I'll take it. Well, hold on, hold on, because there's healthy conflict. We should have healthy conflict. That's, yeah. No. No. That's fair. That's not modeled. In that's this what movie, this podcast so. no, it is, not. Kristen. This is healthy. You know, like when we disagree on a movie, it's healthy conflict. You know? Healthy conflict. You gave it a ten. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Look, I don't think you're a complete idiot. Okay, just about this one, <laughs> one, you know, conversation point. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know. <laughs> oh, I, I do. I did want to bring out uh, the very last shot in the trailer. That was actually a. Uh, that's not. That shot's not in the movie. That was the special effects. Uh, test they did Ooh. to get the movie to like green show that hey we can do debris that looks real yeah make it intense was that the entire shot that they did i think it's a little bit longer but not much i think there's just a little mm. bit more in the, in the front uh because they did a teaser trailer and the teaser trailer is almost pretty much just that shot oh interesting uh well i mean i think it's got some shots of some clouds but like only yeah. like actual yeah. real footage I will say, as far as trailers go, giving you uh, a sense of tone without giving anything away, this is this is pretty good. Yeah, it's such a weird weird line to tell. It is. I I generally like the trailer, and actually, if the movie had been like this, and we could cut out some of the bickering, I think the movie would be <laughs> far better. I don't know that it would have been as good in the '90s, though, but because mm. like I feel like this movie is very much of its time. But like, if you were going to re-release it or something, you could kind of cut out a lot of the bickering, and I think this movie could still 
stand on its own in terms of like some of the suspense and some of the like the chasing and the fear and all of that. Honestly, I didn't remember this movie being as long as it is. In, in is my it head, it was like an hour thirty-five, hour forty tops. It's a, uh, it's an hour fifty-three. Oh, I didn't know that. I actually, after when the credits started rolling, I was like, "Wow, this must be a, what, a short movie." Like I thought it was like an hour and a half. It kind of flew by. Yeah, yeah, it definitely moves, which is a little ironic considering how slow some of these these more bland scenes go. Because the rest of the movie is just it's like a fucking twister that never goes below the speed of fifty-five miles an hour. Yeah, I, I think it flows pretty. Even even the exposition and the the clunky dialogue. At least it's always happening in the car and it's moving. Yeah, uh, and you get to they they do a really smart thing where they're constantly they're using the CB radio so all the other uh, cars and their big line and all the other storm chasers can hear it, giving them cutaways. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. That's that really saves those scenes. It makes those scenes interesting. I really enjoy seeing their reactions. Um, and again, that's that, oh, without the reactions, those scenes would be absolute garbage, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that's what that makes that really terrible like exposition scene in the very beginning when like Helen Hunt and like Bill Paxton are like, oh, this is Dorothy. Let me tell you, fiance, that you don't know anything about tornadoes. Here goes an exposition dump over what this is and what tornadoes do. And it's just like, oh my god, this is shit. <laughs> and that like it really scares you it's like oh my god this movie is going to be garbage holy crap holy crap but it does like they, they find their their way to like put all that crap in with these fun background characters and the the, the yeah. supporting ca- yeah. cast save save this movie god they save yeah it. yeah philip seymour hoffman man fuck oh, i love him so much in this movie i mean even when i was younger i think my favorite character was the aunt aunt Oh, Meg, she's amazing. Yes. She was my yeah. favorite. The only I mean, emotional core in the movie. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And also, like, half of the purpose of her character is to just give them the spark of, of oh, we got to put fucking Pepsi can wings in all of these little tornado balls. Because of her fucking wind chime art or whatever the fuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, if you're going to just – I mean – Seriously, though, like as a narrative element, I am legitimately impressed by it. Like you introduce this character that becomes the emotional core of the movie and then in such a critical moment gives you this thing that's been in front of you the entire time since it's introduced and then just launches you into the fucking third act. That part, I I just I got to say it's brilliant. Again, like these moments highlight all the parts that don't work because her char- her character is really good and it is the. The only thing really you have to latch on to. Oh, yeah. No, she's she is the stakes for the movie for sure. Like when they realize that the tornado has gone back to her area and it's like an hour away so that when we cut to it, you can already just see the devastation instead of having to watch more visual effects like that. Even there is is a good like, cool, let's do a quick time jump because it's we're, we're trying to do like the 24 hours thing. Because, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things that also highlights like. The supporting characters are never put in into jeopardy. Like it's, I feel like it's yep. always Bill yep. Paxton yep. and Helen Hunt. They're the ones that are going out for the. The whole team is ho- is being held back, and it's kind of like, well, I know these two are gonna <laughs> are gonna live because they're making lovey. <laughs> they're not gonna each other. You know, <laughs> they're not gonna kill the main characters who are supposed to be in a budding romance. But these supporting characters, they could be killed. They're expendable, but they're so <laughs> far away. It's just I don't know. It takes all the danger out, kind of. Well, I even noticed mm. there's like one person who I really noticed who died, and it's the driver of 
their <laughs> their what competition? What are we calling him? Yeah, yeah. The dread. He, does, he doesn't even speak really. But Bill Paxton's like, I know you can hear me. Turn the car around, and you can see him hesitate, but he doesn't, he, and so then he dies. And I'm like, Yo, why did you moments. kill him? Like, <laughs> okay, I was thinking about that while I was watching it because he has a couple moments where he's like, Well, shouldn't we listen to them? Why would they oh, tell yeah. us information oh, yeah, that's wrong? Speak, yeah, like okay. he's he's like sort of. You know, fighting the antagonism. But of also, he probably like wants to pay for his children's food. So, like, why right. is he gonna yeah. like yeah. turn around? Yeah, he does get the worst death. <laughs> he gets he gets the worst death, but also like there's there's an element of mercy from the filmmakers in killing him that fast that I didn't realize until watching it this time around. Now, like as an older person, because like he's the one who we care about on their side. Carriels is just supposed to be the asshole. He's he's the antagonist. They're all the ones in the black cars. Killing the driver who actually gives a shit means that he's not going to suffer in the tornado when Carriels' whole vehicle gets sucked up. And then, like, is he still alive? Is he getting beat to shit? Like, we don't know. He's in the tornado. This guy, he died quick. I guess. That's a very generous way of looking at it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go out (laughs) in the car explosion that gets slammed down and and goes into a fireball. I think I'm going to go that way versus whatever the hell metal object came through that goddamn window and impaled his fucking face. What's the last thing that went through your mind before you died? A metal spike. A little bit of the neck. Some of the chest area got hit, too. Oh, Oh, that was rough. Oh. That was not that. That was nice uh, seeing that in a PG thirteen. That that is a uh, surprising. You know, like uh, Spielberg. Like, very nice. I enjoyed no, that. No, yeah. come on, Amblin. You know, they they throw in a little like they're like, oh look, we're playing things safe, and you know they'll throw in a little a little gore moment every now and again. To shock the oh, audience. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was shocking, and it felt undeserved. I was like, why wouldn't you just kill like the asshole? Like, why are you killing the guy with a little bit of humanity? I don't know. That's what they're saying. That's what the film's telling you. When you drive assholes, you die like one. Listen, yeah. Uber. <laughs> so you should either just be the asshole or what? Be one of the starving artists. Like this, I feel like this is this this whole thing is like very much like anti work almost because anyone who has like a real job in this movie is portrayed as an asshole. That's true. That's true. Even Meg is just an artist. Mm-hmm. Kristen, they're they're gonna be put into work. Do you, they got to do all the. But they're fighting over. They're doing lab it for fun. Or, they're doing uh, it for fun. Analysis work at the end and of the science. Movie. It's for fun and for science. I don't know that any of them get paid for this. Uh, she's got to write up some grants. That's why she can't run the lab. There, see, they don't work. There we go. Yep, yep. So you're telling me they're gonna get all this data. <laughs> They're going to go through with their divorce. They're going to be like, this doesn't work out. Fuck this. We can't even make any money off this. They don't want to make money. They don't. But that's there's such no, an. She it, just wants to yeah. stick it to the tornadoes that killed her dad. Yeah. This is how she's going to get over her dad's death, even though this is not how you get over your dad's death. But this is how she's going to process her dad's death from however many years ago. Well, you've never seen it. Hit miss that house and miss this house oh and then hit your house. <laughs> I thought that was a little little crazy there. Who the fuck wrote hey. that line? They need to be fired. <laughs> Michael fucking Crichton wrote this movie. Well, him and, like, did you see the list of goddamn uh, fucking ghostwriters that were on this? They had so no. many script doctors. It was insane. Like, Joss really? Whedon was a script doctor on this. Oh, my God. Yeah. They had him, like. Uh, okay, that tracks. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, all the way, like, he, he was, he was uh, doing rewrites on this all the way up until, like, his wedding, apparently. 
Wow. It was like all this insane stuff. Like I forget who the other one was. Uh, there was a ca- Academy Award winner. I forgot who it was. Yeah, Yandabot said, oh, Twisters, like speed, I can do that. Oh, there has to be a romance? Let's get some other people to come in and make that shit work for me, please. I will say the way they combined the romance with the thriller aspect of it kind of works. It is a great date movie. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I guess. I mean, like, how many? I don't know. It's not that. It's just not that relatable. It's just such a, like, a midlife, like... We're we're gonna get divorced, but no, now we're gonna get back together. I don't I don't know. I, and I do kind of hate this. <laughs> That's movie. every '90s movie. Come on. Well, no, I mean not yeah, everyone. It, it's, and at least this time, it's from the perspective of the people in the marriage, and not from the kids trying to get their parents back together. But yeah, because you had like parent track. Yeah, I know. I mean, this does like set up the template for like all these Roland Emmerich disaster movies later, you know, like like in 2012, where John Cusack is like running around with like his kids and like he's separated from his wife and she's remarried to some other guy. And that guy seems like he's nice and awesome and is great provider for this family. And then he dies and the movie's like, but look, everybody else in the world is dying, too. But Joan Cusack needs to get back together with his fucking wife so they can have a nuclear family. I'm just like, I don't give a fuck, bro. This is the end of the world. You see all those people die? I don't know. It sets up this trope that just sucks now. Yeah. I hate it. I just dislike it. There were a few writers in the 90s that wanted to get back with their exes. Clearly. Said, you know what we can do? <laughs> <sighs> oh, probably I mean, not the writers. Probably just like studio executives. They're like, I need you to put this in there. I, I, you know, I think another thing, too, I don't think I care much for disaster movies. I like a disaster film mm. if it's within a, like a subgenre of something, or like if, if it's a part of a subgenre. Like, if mean? we can have Independence Day, right, and we can have our disaster movie with aliens mm-hmm. and Will Smith, you know, I, I feel like that's, that, that is a better balance and a, be, and a more enjoyable film for me than watching people... Because it, it's all, I don't know, it seems like all these disaster movies, this one is a little bit different, but it's like the disaster happens, and then we go through rubble, and then maybe a follow-up disaster happens, and then we go through more rubble. You know, we're helping people get out of some buildings, <laughs> and it's, I don't know, it's so formulaic and kind of, I don't you're know, just it's just not bad. deep impact at this Wait, point. Wait, so you're exactly. mad that people See? are being rescued? I'm sorry, I'm, I don't understand what you're I'm not mad for. at, I'm just, I'm just, it's you just You don't want boring. them to be rescued, you just want them to, like, I, no, I just think it's kind of a boring <laughs> film genre, you know? It's not that I don't want them to be rescued. It's just when we're only making a movie about the disaster elements and rescuing people from the disaster, it's just kind of boring. I need something else there. Okay. All right, I see. So, like, so, but not romance. No, not, well, I mean, you know what? Maybe I could have romance, but not but like this a good romance. One. Yeah, okay. <laughs> good <Yeah>. one. <laughs> you want a bad romance? <laughs> I'm saying I understand why they're trying to include this. You know, because the genre is kind of boring. Okay, all right. Genre issues aside and bad romance aside, how how do you think this movie works without the romance? Like all the rest of the elements, like the the narrative structure, the way that that tornadoes are introduced and explained to the audience using side characters, uh, the way that the movie hurtles along at the pace of a truck with a Dorothy in the back of it. Let's let's just for for the sake of this part of the conversation, give the terrible romance a pass. How do you feel about the rest of the movie? I feel like I said earlier that it would be better if you cut out the romance, but actually I don't know that it would now that I'm thinking about like all of the little sciencey scenes and all of that. I don't know that I'd want to watch that movie. 
<laughs> but if we could turn it into like a horror movie, uh, like we did with like Nope and the Aliens, was that Nope? Yeah, Nope. Yeah. See what I'm Where saying? The Twister. That the would Twister be really has good. The disaster needs aliens, That's and it's what I'm trying saying, to Kristen? kill. The it doesn't people. have to be aliens, <laughs> but the way they turn that into a horror film, where you're not quite sure what's happening, that's what they did in the trailer. You're not quite sure what's happening. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a Twister, but like, what's going to happen? Um, and with this, it's just like we know what's going to happen, and none of these people are going to die. But it, like, is the twister going to take up the little balls? Is really what we're waiting to see. The only time you actually care is when the ant might be hurt, right? Yep, and that's why it's the emotional climax of the movie. Oh my god, is she alive? What about the dog? The dog is still down there. Uh, I hate how Bill Paxton is holding that goddamn dog when he's coming out of the fucking... <laughs> it looks so it. fucking awkward. Like, have you never held a dog before with the shit, Right, man? yes. And then like, that house collapses at the end. I, I'm looking at him put that dog down. I'm just like, you're holding it so weird, bro. I can't look at this action that's happening. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. I can't speak to Bill Paxton because I don't know him and I've never worked with him. But I have worked with a lot of actors who surprisingly don't know how to like handle animals. Like... It's weird. They're, it's very bizarre to see what look like human beings not know how to interact with an animal because I feel like that's something that everyone knows how to do, but it's they don't. <laughs> it turns out they don't. You pick it up like a baby. <laughs> yeah. At, at what point do you not just do like a rehearsal on that? Like, all right, all right, let me see you pick up the dog. No, because at some what point. What are you doing? No, not like that. What? No. I can assure you I have been on some sets where you're like, you know what? Maybe we should just go because this is getting worse and worse. Ooh, <laughs> like, let's like just that. let's just roll and get what we get. <laughs> or is that like a technical, like the right way? That's how vets hold the dog or something like that. Have I been holding the dog like a, a, a heathen, a barbarian? I don't know. I mean, probably. <laughs> I'll accept that, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess my uh, like to answer your question, without the romance, like all that stuff aside, I think this works really well as a as a, as a really fun B movie. It's like, um, and I don't mean this as a knock. This may sound like a knock to some people, but it, it works like those Jurassic Park sequels. You know, it's like yeah. it's missing that yeah, okay. yeah, big like true. special element that makes it like super great. But it's a really fun summer blockbuster with a lot of really good elements in it, and it moves fast. Yeah. 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 Agreed. That's why, you know, that's why I said earlier, like, I like speed so much more. It's, and that's the, the things that work in that movie work in this film. They're, the flaws are the same, but Kyrie Reeves and Sandra Bullock just have better chemistry, you know, than Bill that's Paxton true. and, and, yeah. and yeah. Helen Hunt. And that's, that really is the only reason. It's just like, oh, well, that makes that one a little bit more of a classic than this. Yeah, it was interesting to watch it again with modern eyes and cinematographer eyes and try to look for all like all the ways that they did like sky replacements, which these days is so fucking easy, but back then like that's a big ass visual effects shot. Some of some of those like all right, you can see where it's just like an ND filter with a little bit of a gradient that they added on the shot. Yeah. Some of it you can tell like, oh my god, that is like some fucking green screen shit while they're in the in the truck and like look, there's the matte lines and you can see the dark sky behind it. Mm-hmm. And and just it's interesting to to see the 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 ways that that those filmmaking elements just like back then they were like, yeah, no, this is this is about as good as we're gonna get. 
there's a lot more of those than I thought. And then Jared pointed out to me, he's like, yeah, no, but in the beginning, like, there's some of those, like, lightning flash shots that, that where, like, the grain just freezes and you can tell. And they're like, we need a little bit more time between the lightning. So they just froze it for, you know, 12 frames, 18 frames, and then there's another lightning flash. And I was like, I don't remember that at all. I watched it again today. Oh, wow, there it is. There's, like, four of those in the, on, like, one of the opening shots. Hmm. Just trying to do some retiming things, which... If you're in the theater and you've never seen stuff before like that, like, okay, maybe I guess it gets a pass. It's interesting to me to to remember this movie so lovingly and then to also, again, watch it and see the flaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mo- I don't know. I, I give a lot of the, like, the movie is not very consistent in terms of its lighting from shot to shot in scene yep. to scene. Yep. But a lot. Of- I do give it yeah. a pass because it was shot all in location and they are, you know, you can't wait around. They're not fucking Howard uh, Hughes. They're not going to sit around and wait for clouds forever, you know, to get that cloudy over day, uh, overcast day. But I don't know. It gets passed, but like, it does bother me. Like every time you look at the trees, like, you know, that that part of the movie where like uh, the human barometer, Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. And, he picks and he's up like the dirt. playing with the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking goddamn hate those scenes because like when you look behind him, that is the, yeah. it is a bright, sunny it's day. Clear sky. And yep. like they have done sky replacement and you look at the trees and goddamn, you could see the fucking feathering mat lines all around the trees yep. and it drives me nuts. That and you can is... see the real sky. Yep. Oh, God, it drives me nuts. That's, that's what is in my brain when I'm describing that is that exact scene because I was like, <gasps> this is such a pivotal moment. Like. You know, you you can't like stop down or something or try to do like a day for night sort of situation where it feels like no. way darker than it is. No, you're just gonna do a little ND on on just part of it, and then you're gonna do a whole sky replacement and not see anything that looks good. Like that's an interesting choice. Well, okay, Mike, they were gonna do that. They were gonna stop down the film. All right, that's what they originally planned, but apparently they blinded Bill Paxton and hot and Helen Hunt. Stop. Yeah. Because they had so much fucking light out, they, they they were like wearing those glasses, those uh, <laughs> those whatever those what are those little sunglasses they give you, little paper ones after uh, you get your eyes dilated. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For like a couple of days, and they were putting drops in their eyes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how they. So they brought in a ton of light so that they could stop down the the film, have them be at an appropriate exposure for the darkness overall. And then their two lead actors were like, I can't do this for an entire movie. Exactly. Holy shit. And the uh, for, the original uh, director of photography, Don, uh, I think his name was uh, Don Don Burgess. <sighs> can't, I can't 100% remember. Anyway, him and his crew, they walked off after like five weeks. They were just five weeks. Yeah, they were just like, John Yandabont sucks. I, I, we can't deal with him. He doesn't know what he wants. We're shooting over uh, uh, this direction, and then all of a sudden he's like, no, we, we've got to shoot over here. Damn. And he brought in Jack Green, and then Jack Green and that house collapsed. Uh, the scene where uh, Aunt May or Aunt Meg is getting the house collapsed on her, Jack Green yeah. hit his head <gasps> on the set. Apparently it collapsed on him. Stop. When he wasn't, I guess he wasn't supposed to be in there. They didn't know he was in there, and they were doing a test. And the ceiling hit his head. Anyway, like, yeah, the last, like, uh, four or five days, Jan de Bont was his own cinematographer. Holy shit, man. Yeah, they had some crazy shit. And then, like, Helen Hunt's got some horror stories. Bill Paxton had some horror stories. Like what? <laughs> like getting hit in the head with that hail shit. Yeah. <laughs> when they were Dude, sitting- <laughs> that, that, that hail looks wild. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. And Jan de Bont's kind of an asshole, and he's like, yeah, we used real ice. <laughs> 
<laughs> the shit's not rubber. They didn't use like those little rubber cubes or anything or a little pellet. No, they just used real ice. Oh my god, that's kind of an asshole. Well, that, okay, <laughs> the scene where Bill Paxton is like climbing out of the back of the truck and he's trying to like get Dorothy ready while she's just fucking driving. Like, first of all, it looks like he's sitting there for like three or four minutes. Like, how far they do they need to drive while like at full speed while he's in the back of the truck? Yeah. But like. All the rain hitting him, all the wind hitting him, and he's like, "Can I have a jacket, please?" <laughs> yeah, I, I could. I, I say all that to say I believe that they went through some shit on this to to just get some real looking weather effects on their actors. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it, this it worked out well. I mean, it was a huge hit. It was like the second highest grossing movie for Warner Brothers at the time. Uh, right. Number one was Batman. Damn, which Batman? Uh, the first one, yeah. Michael oh, Keaton, oh, oh. Jack Nicholson. Oh, that Batman, okay. I guess it's not the Batman anymore, because the Batman yeah, is now, now the Batman. Yeah, because there's now the Batman. Yeah, it's just, yeah. just Batman. It's, they dropped the the. It was I feel like they need to like get better, more creative with their titles, because I can't tell them apart. The next one's going to be Dark Knight, and not The Dark Knight. Oh, my God. <laughs> but finally, they're going to lose the K, so it's actually like a Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to go see that movie <laughs> <laughs> How did Jan de Bond feel about this movie? Like, I didn't see the the commentary or anything. Like, was he like proud of it? Is he like, ah, oh, this is one of those things where the studio came in and ruined it? Or like, how did, how does he feel about it? He seems like he's pretty happy about it. I mean, I was even seeing all the interviews with him now because they're making a sequel to this called Twisters, and apparently, I guess they didn't ask his input. Or get, get they didn't go and get his blessing at all, and uh, I guess he's a little pissed about it. He's got he's he's had a couple of words, uh, some interviews. Um, I don't know. He, he does seem pretty proud of the film. He definitely seems really proud of the practical effects mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. portions of the film. And he's like, I I don't know. He keeps saying things like, you know, you just couldn't do that now. And I'm like, what? Throw ice on actors? Like, yeah, we would throw rubber <laughs> ice on it. Yeah, you can't do that. I can't do that. Yeah, I mean, would the yeah. rubber ice look any different from the real ice? I mean, I, oh, it won't melt. Okay. The screams just won't be <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, authentic. Yeah, we're, we're going for the authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I get a little worried when, like, fucking, you know, directors are just like, fucking actors suck so bad. We have to put them through actual hell. They can't act like they're in hell anymore. We're just going yeah, to really throw shit at them. Method directors. Method <laughs> yeah, <the> directors. <laughs> How has that not been coined yet? Kristen, I've never heard that. <sighs> R.I.P. William Freakin. <sighs> Method director oh. for life. <laughs> oh, I need you to be more excited. Here's a gunshot. <laughs> Too real or not real enough. Now act. <laughs> Let's talk about the music on this, because this was one of the first times I remember as a kid, like noticing music in a film and the way that it it built tension. And also at the same time was like, oh, my God, I get it. There's a storm coming. Dial it back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I was going to ask you to do that again. (laughs) I don't know. I think the the Twister ride at Universal kind of ruins the music for you. You can't take it after that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, you'll hear that a lot in standing that line. Well, you yeah. won't anymore because I don't think that ride it doesn't exist anymore, does it? <gasps> oh. Or does it? That might know. bring it back for the new movie. But this time it'll just be all 
green screen. The ride, the sequel ride, will be called Twisted. <laughs> oh, some kid will write sister next to it. Come on, hear the wind. Yeah, I don't know. The music's all right. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean, beyond the music, one of the things that I've loved and remember about this movie is like when it's silent and you just have the wind blowing and like mm-hmm. the little gadgets she has in the front yard because the as the wind picks up and you know the twister's approaching but it's this like nice like it's almost like a wind chime kind of thing it's supposed to be soothing but you know in this movie it's means that there's a twister or a tornado coming and i kind of like that there's a lot of good sound elements in this movie it was also one of the first times that i recognized um the benefit of surround sound because that shit does so much work in this movie interesting like all the times that they're they're caught inside the twister or next to the twister and you just hear like everything in the theater just flying around you while you see these animated planks and cows and stuff. It was one of the first movies ever put on, out on DVD. I do believe that would mm. be the reason why. Get your home theater system a workout. This is 5.1. Hear the twister. Sorry, I can't, I can't help myself. <laughs> we have cows. I'm just gonna, just gonna insert a cow in this podcast every every five seconds. <laughs> yes, please. And then and then drop in Philip Seymour Hoffman. Food, food. We crave su- sustenance. I did think it was interesting how they had so many animals in the background, like not just the cow. But there were also chickens and horses and all, but and they're just there. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, like in the ending farm scene with the giant twister, yeah, where so, you see the horses and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, but then at the end they're like running, galloping oh, around, they, and they're they fine. They made it. They're okay. The chickens were at yeah, the beginning yeah. <laughs> um, with the little uh, what's her name, Helen Hunt, not Jodie Foster, but with the little <laughs> one. <laughs> There's a bunch of chickens running around. No, every time I say her name, I really want to say Jodie Foster. I just want you to know that. Starring Helen keep Hunt. calling her not Jodie Foster. Not Jodie Foster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can't you tell from the eyebrows, Kristen? I mean, come on. Like, Jodie Foster plucks no, okay. her eyebrows. Helen Hunt well, doesn't. Well, so now that they're Damn. older, I can definitely tell a difference, actually. Wait, because Helen Hunt was on Secession, right? That wasn't – please tell me that wasn't Jodie Foster. I don't know. Isn't I, that Helen Hunt? I don't, I don't watch that show. That's TV. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let me look that up really quick. Helen Hunt is going to be neither you. one of them. There's going to yeah, be a third is. Jodie Foster. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, 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 no. You're right. It's the third one. It's Holly Hunter. Never mind. Okay, so I can't tell oh them apart. <laughs> I was like, now I, I was like, now that they're older, I can tell them apart. But never mind. No, I can't. <laughs> I love everything that just happened. <laughs> Basic bitches all be looking the same, you know? No, but they do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it. You are insane. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Jodie Foster is a goddess. <laughs> Helen Hunt is like my next door neighbor, you know? It's a different Yeah, the girl next door is the epitome of attraction in America, Brian. Yeah, that's, that's, they're both Yeah, well, I don't I, yeah, I can't tell you. They look the They same. appeal to different audiences and Do they? blend together for the feminine <laughs> perspective apparently. Jodie Foster just looks like a European goddess. Yeah, but what know. is she without the spaghetti straps? I mean, come on. What is anybody without spaghetti <laughs> straps, Mike? <laughs> half, 
as cool as they were. Uh, You're pretty attractive, but put some spaghetti straps on and we are in business. Yeah, it's you know, it's the same thing as like in Hollywood movies when a girl puts glasses on, you know, <laughs> when she takes her, gla- her glasses off, it's like, oh, she's wearing spaghetti straps. Look at that. Well, I did actually really like that she was wearing a tank top in this, which is like as close as you can get to spaghetti straps and still look like you're like going to go out and like fuck up a tornado, you know? It looks like a tomboy. Come on. That's what we all wanted to say. That's what the movie wanted to say. Like, oh, she's one of the guys. She's She's one of the guys. She's like, yeah, like she's chill. Like you see how like she doesn't scream when things like die in front of her. She's so cool. Like it's so dumb. She, She screams in a fit of rage trying to go toward the tornado. <laughs> Why are you stopping me? Oh my gosh. That is, I, I mean, now, okay, now that you're saying that, that is, I think, why the, the 90s trope of, of the, the good girl, the girl that's got herself together, the, the new person, that's, that's where they always lean into. Like, she's, but she's a girly girl. She's afraid mm-hmm. of stuff. Don't you want someone that's a little bit more adventurous, a little bit more like you, like one of the guys? Yeah, but like, you can clearly look at this and you can see that, um, Helen Hunt is like just damaged. She's, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's very damaged. Uh, but no, like, they, they totally play it off. Yeah, she's just like a tomboy. She's just like so chill. Like, isn't she great? Of course, you should want to be with her. Of course, you should root for her. I mean, you should root for her. Like, you know, I'm not saying like she's, you know, bad for her. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong. Like, like, and the way they play off, uh, Who's Melissa? Melissa? The way, yeah, the way yeah. they play her off and like make fun of her and like her whole character, you're just supposed to make fun of her. Oh my god, she's a therapist and she like helps people have children. Oh, okay. Ha, 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 no, 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 no. Like, she's a, what was it? That's gotta be a, a reproductive. Job. No, she's a reproductive, she's a reproductive therapist. She's yeah, she helps right? people therapist. have, she helps people get, you know, have sex and have children and that's her whole job. She didn't marry your penis. Okay, sorry. She didn't marry only your penis. Best line point. in the whole That's fucking a good point. movie. It's a good point, though. It is a good point. <laughs> uh, but no, and like the whole time, like she's like. Uh, rightly so traumatized by all the stuff that's happening in front of her and like everyone's just like rolling their eyes and like ha 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 can you believe this lady over here and like I I don't know I don't know like watching it now that I'm older I kind of have I kind of I kind of don't like that (laughs) (laughs) no when I was because when I was a kid this is what all the 90s movies did right there's a a whole slew of them with these like weird romance movies uh, but they always portrayed the woman who had her shit together as yes she's the feminine woman and so yeah she has a job but she's stupid you don't want her <laughs> you, well, want, <laughs> you want the screwed up one <laughs> they do that for whatever reason I, I guess that's like you know you, that's because you're supposed to find like love right because like if you go for the other girl or the other guy then th- then you're selling out right you're, you're, you're wanting security right. versus you're the corporate sellout Right, you yeah. don't want, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with how they're like hating on that guy because he took a job. <laughs> like, yep. Let yep. him make his money. Why are you hating on him? Is he? Did he do anything other than get paid? Did I miss that? 
Well, okay, in the movie, they he did completely copy the Dorothy thing and then called it Dot and is trying to pass it off. To be own. fair, hold on, no, 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 because they were like, you stole my idea, and he was like, no, I, it was just a conception, like so that your unrealized what that, idea, your unrealized yeah. <laughs> idea, that's what it was, and so that yeah. means that he had to develop his own thing, his own idea, he had to put all, so you cannot copyright ideas for this reason. So no, this he didn't technically steal it. No. Definitely unethical, though, Christian. I think we can all agree on that. You know, when you're working with somebody and then you literally take what they're working on. I would like to know more of the backstory because if they were working on it together and then homeboy was like, yo, like, I just got a corporate sponsor. Let's make this. And he was like, how dare you? I don't believe in money. You know, like, (laughs) I mean, if that's what happened, then I don't I don't know. I I, I feel like it's hard to take. And they're all actually pissed at him. (laughs) But just because, like, he didn't want to take them with him. And he was just like, I'm going to go make money. Bye, bitches. Right, like what I yeah, I feel like there's more to this the story before I can actually take sides and say who's being unethical here. Well, I know what side the movie wants me to take, Kristen. Well, I, yeah, I know what side <laughs> the movie wants me to take too. <laughs> Bill Paxton's a good guy. Also, they hate him because he does TV interviews. Like they just seem to hate him for no. He's a reason. weatherman, Kristen. God damn! Don't you no, know all these Bill, storm chasers hate weatherman? Oh, Bill Paxton. That's the weatherman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's his version of selling out. So okay, so he's just another storm chaser. So yeah, why do they? They, they just hate him because he's because he has money. He has cor- corporate, corporate money. Yeah, he has he has money. That's the only reason they hate him. And so, like, do they? This is true. Yeah. Like. Do they just like it doesn't seem to be like a jealousy thing. It seems like they just want him to be poor like they are. You should be poor and struggling. He, he makes all those people drive wind stars. That's why I hate Well, him. that's fair. But they didn't bring that up, Mike's. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to add um while I don't know that the costumes were like super spectacular, I did really enjoy them. I feel like when you look at something like this, um there's clearly money in it and clearly thought in it. Even though nothing exactly stands out. Like, you don't look at this and go, man, well, okay, maybe like her white tank top. But, like, nothing like, you know, you're not like, man, I really love, like, this jacket and this scene. Like, there's nothing quite like that. But each character's outfits and even their hairstyles and all of this is so well thought out and so well put together. And they each have their own unique sense of style and the way they kind of meld all of it together I think works so well in this and um, I'll also bring up Melissa again in her little white tailored suit and her little her little 90s um, haircut and I just think it works so really really well together and even when we have like the evil um, the evil weather man who gets paid I don't remember his name um, all of their or Jonas probably Jonas yeah Jonas yeah 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 yeah, the, the um, actor, the yeah, but I, yeah, but his, he has like, he even has like kind of like a corporate, uh, like he's still like dressed rugged, like I'm gonna go chase a tornado, but like in a corporate way, and it matches his little corporate SUVs. Yep. Yeah. It works so well, it works so well, and I really loved all of it, actually. It's it's his hat for me that does it. Oh, like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are definitely a corporate sellout. Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah. yeah. If he had some sort of like sparkle letters across his hat that was like twisted or some sort of like fun weather related pun, he I mean, would have just been so- that would have been great. Imagine if he had like somehow copyrighted something like <laughs> the reason why he actually has money is right. he sells t shirts. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy. You know, I do think it's kind of interesting 
considering how much we as Americans work and hustle and grind and all of this stuff now, how in the 90s there was like this whole like string of movies like for like the whole of the 90s where they're like, no, you shouldn't work. You should follow your heart. Like, when did that change? <laughs> That's not- uh, when all of us millennials started realizing that our parents were just selling us a crock of bullshit and they kept all the uh, and we need, housing we for themselves. We do actually need money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, none of us can afford to live in a fucking house that we own. You guys were all full of shit. Because I think that's why, like, when I watch this movie now, I'm like, why are you hating on him just because he has a good job? Like, maybe you should get one, too. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, that's the pendulum swing of generations. Okay. Because the 60s and 70s and 80s of what the fucking, like, everybody was, let's get the corporate jobs. Let's make all the fucking money that Mm. we can. Okay. 90s was like, oh, we're having kids. We should, like, teach them that you don't have to have the money because that's not what (laughs) fulfills you. By the 2010s, we're like, if we don't have money, we don't get to eat. And right, this is not right. okay. Right. Or you can be like Aunt Meg and go slaughter your cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got steak. Did you see my cows out front? Exactly. <laughs> I didn't see your slaughterhouse out back, though. I will say that. <laughs> no, but like they go there and they're like joking about slaughtering animals. And then like they get into an actual slaughterhouse and they're like, oh my Who God. Who are these people? <laughs> They did have like everything in there. This is like, wait, come on, what is this? Is this the fucking shed for like fucking murdering cows, or is the shed for our farm equipment? It's for both. It got it got a little it got a little excessive. Yeah, it <laughs> did. It did. They were like, how many different blade type materials can we put in here? You can only slaughter one cow at a time to feed your niece and her friends. <laughs> Look, if there were bones hanging down from any part of that building, I'd be like, this is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. Everybody run, regardless of there was a twister there or not. The tornado is the only thing keeping you from getting murdered right now. <sighs> are, are, are we at ratings here? Sure. Who's going first? Who's rating twister? All right, I'm going to try, but I don't know if I can be able to articulate it yet. Um, I'm going to give this an eight. Because this shit holds up way better than I expected to, uh, nearly 30 years out. But also, it's got some serious flaws that with just a tiny little bit of, of adult um, analysis is the word I'm looking for, uh, just doesn't quite work. I think for 96, this movie is is super fun. It's it's a genre movie. It tries to be a date movie. It, it tries to be a lot of things. Some of them kind of work. Some of them don't. Um, but in the end, we have 153 minutes of lots of action on screen. The tornadoes look great. Most of the debris looks pretty great. The cows don't look as good. But when that fucking house blows over the road and they drive through it, I still love that shot. I still love that whole scene. I think Yandabot is is doing what he does. He's giving us a lot of action that moves from one thing to another with no reason to move forward other than to move forward because the story requires it. I think the the writing of this has some issues with some of the dialogue and some of the exposition dumps, but that's probably just as much of an issue of, of studio notes and a hundred different ghostwriters trying to punch up the script. 
in the end, we have a movie that that gave us an experience that gave me an experience as a kid uh, in the theater. It was pretty fucking fantastic. I still love where it goes. Uh, I've showed this movie to my kids. They love it. Well, one of them really loves it and the other one is terrified by it, which I think is what the movie is trying to do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super fun as long as you just don't stop long enough to think about it, which the movie doesn't actually do that much. And so I'm going to give it a solid eight. All right. It goes an eight. Kristen, you go next. You go last. Yeah, I'll go next. I agree. I think this is a really fun movie. I think a lot of it holds up even in some of the things – even in the uh, some of my criticisms, uh, some of my social commentary, I think is really more about the perceptions that I had when it came out versus how I feel about it now. I like I wonder if I were to just to watch it right now, knowing nothing about it. You know, I feel like I feel like you could still enjoy it. I think you would still find the main romance very. I hope you would find it questionable, but you know, it's still enjoyable. It's still fun. It moves very very quickly and. In a good way, I feel like it's very, um, there's a lot of, it's it's not quite a thriller, but but you care. You It moves. It moves, and you move with it, and um, and it's enjoyable, and yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5. All right, we got an 8, we got a 7.5. Oh, yeah, I, I, I guess, I, would, I, I don't know, I guess I'm going to come in a little lower than you guys. I think it... I, I don't know. I, okay, I'll, I'll come in just a tad lower. I'm, I'm going to give it a 7. It is enjoyable. It does move. I do agree with that. The writing is kind of bad. The editing is really good. And considering this was shot on location, I you know I, I do I do think the cinematography is pretty impressive for the most part. Um, and I, I do like their shot choices. I like how they mount things on the car, especially when you can see a tornado off in the distance and, like, the... The camera's, like, mounted, like, somewhere to the car, and you can see the, the tire of the car as it's going forward or backing up and reversing. That's kind of cool. I, those are cool visuals. Um, and the energy is definitely there. It's just, you know, the we already talked about the love story and the stakes. I guess it's just like a, you know, it's a, it's a B movie that the entire time I'm watching, I'm like, man, I would kind of, like, just rather watch dinosaurs get out of a park and eat people. I, you know, that's just me, you know, like if I'm, you know, and that doesn't have a love story in it. So, like, I'm not ham-fisted this half-crap crap bullshit. So I, I, you know, so that, I guess that's why I give it like a like a seven. It's just half-hearted. The chemistry between Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, so, there's just something's not there. They got moments. They do have moments. Like, I do like uh, Helen Hunt when she's like, you lost your nerve. And Bill Paxton, you know, goes over there. He's got to show, show off and buckle up. I, those moments, like they're, they are kind of cute, and you, you like you understand exactly, like you know where they're coming from. They're playing with each other, and that feels fun. And I do kind of wish the movie had more of those moments. And I do really hate the the last tornado when they're like fucking hanging onto that pipe and being sucked up. I'm just like, you know, I'm pretty sure like the deadly thing with the tornado is not being sucked up in the tornado. I'm pretty sure the debris flying around the fucking shit is the deadly part. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, they spent a lot of time showing like fucking (laughs) fence boards just becoming stakes flying into stuff like spears. 
That shit's crazy. Yeah, right? That's the problem with most of the movie. Like, they show you one thing, and then they, they show you other characters, and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> nothing's happening to them. Like, the dad. Like, he's holding on to the door, and he gets sucked up by the door, and then the mom and dad, uh, mom and daughter are just sitting in the room watching him die. And it's like, well, wait, they're not even holding on to anything. Like, nothing changed for them since that door is open, except for maybe her hair is moving a little bit faster. You know, it's just like, I don't know. There should be some kind of stakes there. But I also know the movie's like, well, that was the button of the scene. Moving on. You understand. Her dad died. <laughs> you know, and like, I don't want to hate on that because that is blockbuster filmmaking. Like, literally, that's what Spielberg does in all of his movies. It's just missing all these other ingredients. So it's not like it's a terrible thing. It's just, if you like big summer blockbusters, like, yes, this hits that spot. But it is missing that thing that makes it really great. I you know, it's just, it's a Jurassic Park sequel, which is fine, because I loved Jurassic World Dominion, so, you know, there you go. Just like dinosaurs eating people more than wind, blowing people around. Call me crazy. Whatever. Anyway. Well, there were some sound effects that sounded exactly like T-Rex in those winds. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know you know what that was? That was a camel. It was a camel (laughs) slowed down. Uh, does anybody want to do t- uh, Rotten Tomatoes or we, should we skip that because Jared's gone? Please. We, could, we can do it. We can do it. I don't have it. Uh, what I is what's the up. actual, um, what's the box office in this, Brian? The movie was budgeted for $70 million, ended up coming in between 90 to 95 uh, mm, total. Okay, okay. But it was a huge hit. It made uh, $494.5 million worldwide. It made wow. 241.8 of that in the United States. Of America, which is pretty impressive. The only other movie that, that year that grossed higher was, of course, Independence Day. Jeez. Jeez. And this was a summer of, like, Mission Impossible and... Holy shit. Yeah. It was. You were right. Yeah. It made more than Mission Impossible. Well, yeah. Mission Impossible did have the uh, bigger opening weekend. But this mm. this actually had longer legs than the Tom Cruise joint. Yeah, like, man, yeah because go this, this one's again. a date movie and Mission yeah. Impossible is not. Yep. Okay, it says, a high-concept blockbuster. What, what is it? You can't just go that... Uh, what? <laughs> Yo, it, yeah, that's exactly how I'm going to phrase my sentence. No, 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 he's just saying, rotten say tomatoes. the words, Rotten Tomatoes I know. says... I'm going to know because you read the thing, and then you say, then Rotten Tomatoes brings it in at... Oh, no, I know okay. how to do it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Jesus, uh, God, okay? Uh, like, I know uh, what I'm doing, okay? I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to mansplain how we do Rotten Tomatoes. I, I just don't normally do it. I apologize. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll make the sentence structure better, okay? I'll just leave no, out no, the first no. Part. Kristen, you made it very well clear. <laughs> you continue as you were doing. <laughs> okay. A high-concept blockbuster that emphasizes special effects over three-dimensional characters, Twister's visceral thrills are often offset by the film's generic plot. Rotten Tomatoes brings us in fresh at 63%. Damn, 63%. Yeah, it's fresh, you would have thought. (laughs) That's not a bad Rotten Tomatoes blurb, though. No, it's a good blurb. Yeah, I agree with all of it. Yeah. Is there an audience one? Yeah, the audience is rotten at 58%. Whoa. Yeah. That is shocking. Right? Of of all the audience scoring lower than the Rotten Tomatoes, that is that is shocking. You would think Twister would be higher. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting at least a 72 based on their 63%. Right. Which should have been a 65. Come on. 
I don't know who dropped the ball. Maybe this is one of the ones that like they reviewed it again like five years ago and it kind of messed up the rating. That fucks over critic ratings. That doesn't mess up with like normal people usually. Uh, All the normal people are watching it now and they're like, these special effects suck. People in 1996 yeah, were on drugs. No, here, all of all of the critic reviews are from 2021, 2022, 21, Damn. 21, 21, 21, 23, 22. Who are these people reviewing this, like, now? Like, where have they been? <laughs> I finally got to Twister. <laughs> okay, right. I mean, it took us 364 episodes, so <laughs> it makes sense. Um, okay, so here's a couple audience reviews, and these are actually old. These are from 2011, 12, and 15. And it's uh, like here, like this one says, Twister is not a good movie, but it was fun to watch. The plot was boring and dumb, but so are most summer blockbusters. Um, Touche. Another audience member says, this is a disaster movie made for teens. <laughs> Date movie. Uh, and... Uh, somebody else says better than into the storm, obviously, but it ended up being what other disaster movies ended up being. So yeah, the audience does a not like disaster? this. Yeah, I guess so. well, disaster movies are kind of boring. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> we already had this conversation. What are you going to do? I don't know. Stop listening to this podcast. So with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at moviecrewpod. Mike, where can the audience follow you? I'm on Instagram at Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y media. Kristen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. You guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. I don't know what we're going to play. Just put that on a loop. (laughs) (laughs) Just every time there's a pregnant pause, just put that in. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. So we're going to be playing uh, track number 13 from the uh, Twister soundtrack titled Drive-In Twister. This is from Mark Mancina. Enjoy. I wanted to do it so bad, and I, and I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. It's, 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 it almost sounds like you're doing like part of the Wayne's World flashback, but you're not completing it. <laughs> <laughs>
save my default settings. It's like whenever I sign on, I have to oh, change wow. my username because it will not save my default settings. I can go in there and click save and it's like, but it doesn't actually do anything. Is there like a medium setting between what it defaults to and what you've got it on now? Mm-mm. Not on mine anyway. But maybe, maybe since they're watching us, they'll understand that it's a problem and they can like fix it. Note to Zoom. Thank you. Yeah, in like 20 years when the AI has finally <laughs> been trained from all of these conversations. I don't think it'll take 20 years. For them to start impl- implementing their own podcast versions of our stuff? I feel like it's 6 to 12 months tops. Mm. Especially because if they're going to take, I mean, if it was me, I would take... <laughs> A lot of the existing AI chat and use that to model off of it. And then because then you can just like take everyone else's and feed it to it. And it's a robot. So it's going to go super fast. No, no, no. I think it's six, 12 months. Tops, tops, tops. So what I'm hearing is that the next AI chat bot personality will be a, an amalgamation of the movie crew. But mostly just Kristen's savage nature. I mean, probably. Oh, is that, that what sounds... you're trying to search right now? <laughs> okay. Mm. And then we'll be competing with ourselves, basically. <laughs> oh, no. And we'll be like, why aren't we getting more viewers? <laughs> Guys, we're trending. But not in the way we want to. <laughs> all right. Who's doing the show open? Oh, my Mike. God. Mike is. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Brian, this is a critical question. Is it Yandabont or Yandabont? I've always heard Yandabont, but. Yandabont know. is how I've always heard it, too. But I know a guy named Yen. And I'm just trying to make well, sure we're not talking about your Mr. friend. Okay. Bond doesn't pronounce his way the French way. No, I've never heard him pronounce his name, so I don't really know. Well, well no, oh, wait. Um, I did this on the commentary because there's a commentary track for this. I don't has no underage sex. I don't in remember. It, so like not the French way. <laughs> <laughs> That's true and checks out. You're welcome. I understand You're welcome. that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put all of this at the end of the episode. <laughs> this is what happens off air. This is, this, is how we, this is how we mine for gold right there. That's it. 